1: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. Now, that kind of talk this week dragged Australia's share market to a this two is a year low. There who are, of course, complex reasons for that. Of He was business. the big spender. Right. The big spender. Doing Mr. The grocery 28. shopping could take a huge chunk out of the family budget.
0: And that's finance. Hello, and welcome to Comedian vs. Economist. We demystify the world of money and help you get a handle on the bigger picture. My name's Adam, and we're joined, as always, by my little older brother and real-life economist, Thomas. Hi, Thomas. G'day, hey
1: Adam. How you, how are you Going there. <laughs> la, la, la.
0: Get that one out. Yeah. Uh, you're probably still uh, still fatigued from FinFest. <laughs> uh, awesome time, awesome time at FinFest in Sydney um, last weekend. I
1: uh, can't wait to do it all again for FinFest 23. Thomas, highlights from FinFest for you? Oh, look, it was awesome. I had, a, I had a great time. I mean, yeah, equity mates and the team did an incredible job. It was, yeah, it was super awesome. Like mixing festival and investing was always going to be interesting, but I think they nailed it and it was, hmm. yeah, super good. Investables. In, they've come up they've coined the phrase. <laughs> So, yeah, I, yeah, have, no, I just copyright thought. on that <laughs> <laughs> uh but actually I, I really loved uh just chatting to people eh? like because we haven't you know we, you and i have chat a lot but we don't really mm. get to meet that many people but you yeah, had a great chat to we don't
0: really even get to meet each other
1: no no, no. <laughs> yeah. um, but i had a great great chat to maggie she's been a long time listener and um yeah mm. super impressed with how you know how much how how much agencies she's taking with her money. I uh, had a great chat with Riley and Adrian. Shout out to them. Uh, shout out for the whiskey. That was super nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the whiskey guy. I remember. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a great <laughs> was chat. Nice.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, we well, out to Lauren and Brooke too. I had a great chat to them uh, at the at the after party as well, where there was right. a few whiskeys being consumed. Mm. Um, I think that I think the the highlight for me was I think I have to go right back to the first session of the day where I was a bit I was a. little a little bit nervous and I was the MC and then the sound guy was like look I'm just gonna need you to stall <laughs> right. like I took the stage and like, I just need you to stall for a, just a few minutes <laughs> five minutes, five minutes. <laughs> so I just I went all right I, what better opportunity am I gonna get I just started plugging comedian versus economist I said you know I'm Adam I'm from comedian versus economist podcast and this lady in the front row goes which one are you and I said, "I'm the comedian." And deadpan, she goes, "Ah oh, well, never mind."
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> she had she had just that parental disappointment on her face uh, that just it was the best heckle I've ever had. Took me yeah. back to took me back to high school.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, shout oh, out up. to mum. It's great to see you get down. Yeah.
0: There. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever change. I love your work. <laughs> uh, hey we also did a uh, ask us anything on the uh, oh, yeah. equity mates forum community.equitymates.com during the week uh, thanks to everyone who jumped on there and and fired some questions at us that was a bit of fun uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon uh, but don't forget there's lots of lots of great chat lots of lots of banter happening in the uh, in the equity mates forum so head over there community.equitymates.com. but Thomas Massive show coming up, as always. You've got some fresh data, some choice cuts of prime economic figures. We'll see what's happening with jobs. (laughs) And (laughs) the Victorian government is taking charge, pun intended, of course, of the energy market. And look, up in the sky, is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's an ad for Audi Special Buys. Could ads soon be appearing in a sky near you. But, Thomas, time for another episode of Utopia, or as we call it, the Federal Budget. <laughs> it's not out for us yet, but it will be out for you by the time you hear this. Hopefully, work has already begun on the Melbourne monorail, or as it will be called, the dan in honour of the Victorian Premier Dan, dan Andrews. Thomas... What are we looking forward to in the budget?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, not a heap, obviously. It's, <laughs> it's a budget. But <laughs> I mean, It is interesting. I mean, it's an interesting one in that, you know, the UK just had their mini budget mm. that killed the Treasurer and the Prime Minister <laughs> with a single budget. We're, I've we're, heard we're, this,
0: called, this has been called a mini budget, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, we normally... It's like a post-election budget. Well, post it's the fourth budget, budget in
0: two years, so we can't, yeah. like, we can't keep having full budgets every...
1: No, no normally the, I think normally the budgets, the full budgets in May. But I think because we just had mm. an election, they get they get to reset the agenda, right, with their yeah, mid year.
0: Because I was, a, I got to admit, I was worried when it was called the mini budget. The, the, the mm. last mini budget delivered <laughs> by a rookie, <laughs> yes. a rookie uh, treasurer mm. or whatever his role was, Kwasi Kwaitang in the mm. in the UK didn't go down so well.
1: No, no, yeah. So yeah, we, we've covered that, and trust mm. trust has gone in the meantime. She's too, gone, so. yeah. So what can we expect from from this budget? Well, I think I think Chalmers is going to play it pretty straight. I think it's mm. going to be no no big moves, no signature. Like not not going to try and rock the boat in any big way. So it should be fairly should be a fairly dull affair. What we are, what we are. <laughs> <laughs> just for something different. <laughs>
0: As opposed to the rollicking good times we've had in previous budgets, this one, just
1: this planet casual. The line they've been playing in the last last week or so is to really set it up as in contrast to the previous government. And so they've been really going hard over the past week about saving money by slashing the rorts and pork barrelling that they say characterise the Morrison government. Mm. And so they're on a rorts and waste drive, that's what they're uh. calling it. Yeah, trimming the fat, that, the- trimming, yeah, trimming, trimming the pork, yeah, mm. and they reckon they reckon they can save ten billion dollars in the budget just by just by cutting back on on the rorts. Wow. No-one's worried that we've got rotting
0: going on to begin with. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> I a mean, genuine cost-saving measure.
1: You know, what if we just stopped defrauding people, yeah. um, <laughs> then we could save some dollars. They realised that the Morrison government became quite famous for some pretty dodgy funds mm. and allocation of funds. Um, so the big, well, big ones they're targeting is the building back, uh, Building Better Regions Fund, that was seen as a bit of a national slush fund, right. and then there was the six hundred and sixty million dollar urban congestion fund, which was funding uh, car parks, rail car parks, and so that 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 copped a lot of heat as well. Was mm. seen as pretty dodgy. So that they're sort of playing on that, and yeah, saying that they can by going hard on those, they can they can save money, um, right. Yeah, Finance Minister Katie Gallagher says, the former government, government used taxpayers' money to cynically buy votes before elections by politicising grant funds. Yeah. That's mm. what the next government's yeah. going to say too, though, you know. probably... <laughs> <laughs> this is the
0: job of the incoming government, surely, is to just shit-can the previous governments,
1: <laughs> everything that they did it does it does seem like that well I mean yeah because the funny thing is right so you're all just before one thing we know is already in the budget because it got announced a couple of weekends ago I think while we were in Sydney was um, that they're giving 2.2 billion dollars mm. to the suburban rail loop in Melbourne so this is a this is a Victorian state government project right and it's seen as a bit of a dog by a lot of people, so it was approved three months before the last state election. Right. So I think that's the cynically buy votes before elections that Katie mm. Gallagher was talking about. Um, it was it was done with no business case. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was announced without a business case. <laughs> Yeah, had well, no, there was no consultation with the Par- Parliamentary Budget Office, the PBO, which is the um, agency in government that's set up to make sure that the government's getting good value for money in all mm-hmm. their projects. So they didn't know about it. There was no consultation with Infrastructure Australia. So Infrastructure Australia is the body that... De- determines the infrastructure priorities. It's
0: Utopia. <laughs> it is, that, yeah. That's the department, that Utopia. Yeah, the, We're talking about the TV series, Utopia. If you haven't seen it, it's classic Australian television. Uh, some of the best TV out there. I um, and, and it's yeah. worth watching at budget time as you're sifting mm. through the the budget press releases and especially when people are not consulting with uh, with yeah. Infrastructure Australia. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So they didn't talk to Tony from the Nation Building Association. <laughs> that <laughs> right. is, Yeah, so Infrastructure Australia, they, they're supposed to be an independent body determining priority infrastructure needs. They mm. weren't consulted with it. And the Victorian Transport Department uh, wasn't even told about it. Nah. Well, why would yeah.
0: you? <laughs> yeah. What possible inc- interest <laughs> could the Transport Department have in a new rail project?
1: Yeah. So not, not only were they not told, the project had a code name <laughs> and there was a gag order on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this and this is exactly how you end up with a loop as well. It's a, essentially it's yeah. a rail that doesn't have doesn't even have a destination. They couldn't <laughs> <even,
1: laughs> yeah, It just kidding. goes around in a circle and you end up back where you started. But it doesn't because it hasn't the current <laughs> plan doesn't close the loop between Werribee and Melbourne Airport. <laughs> so it's kind of like kind it's of a three way train. Oh it's going to
0: run once. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, so they've trimmed the fat and they've saved how much 10 Ten billion. Ten billion. But this is gonna cost twenty two billion.
1: Two point two. Oh, so okay right. A, a fifth of what they've saved right. is going is going to this this project. So the Victorian PBO, the Parliamentary Budget Office, they did get involved. Mm. They found out that the cost was initially costed at fifty billion. They mm. reckon it's gonna be closer to two hundred billion. So right, bit of a miss. Bit and of a miss. And the cost benefit analysis it has a cost benefit ratio between zero oh, yeah. point six and zero point seven, which means that for every dollar spent, the state gets a return of between sixty cents and seventy cents. Oh, value! <laughs> so, yeah.
0: so every time, every time people catch a train, the government loses thirty to forty cents.
1: No, that, no, no, not the government. <laughs> that. The, Society in general Oh good I think (laughs) I
0: think Well Steve All right Thomas We got jobs data During the week Where's the jobs market at?
1: Well still tight Still hot Still looking pretty good Uh, Unemployment rates (laughs) Whoa
0: It's tight (laughs) It's hot It's looking good I don't know What it is
1: not trying to personify the <laughs> jobs market too much. But. It's, it's wearing a sexy mini skirt, <laughs> Looking great for its age. Um, uh, yeah, no, 3.5% unemployment rate. That's, that's good. Uh, steady and the lowest, still the lowest since 1974. Yeah, things are going, yeah, doing well. Full-time jobs are now up 7% over the pandemic. So they're pumping along. Part-time jobs down 0.2%. So, you know, kind of nothing Hmm. Um, but that's what what you get with the tight uh, jobs market the people get pulled from part-time work into full-time work so we're seeing that happen Uh, also seeing participation rate holding at record highs so just under 67 percent. so that's some of the highest level that's the highest level on record Hmm. um yeah so people are loving it
0: is this is this a good news is bad news story though because the like the rba
1: wants the number to kind of grow a bit so that they can slow down raising rates. Yeah, they do want the unemployment rate to be a Mm. bit higher, which is an odd position to be in. So let's have three cheers for unemployment. But we're starting to see this already. So we are starting to see the job ads. The job ads are turning. So job ads lead the jobs market um, in, in a data sense by about, of you know six months or so, um, seek job ads are down five point two percent in September. They've now fallen for four consecutive months, mm-hmm. so it's clear. And and all the jobs at job ads starter are sort of telling the same story that job ads have peaked and then that, and things are starting to slow down. It's still pretty tight. Like there's still more vacancies than um, unemployed people in New South Wales and Western Australia. Right. But so it's just still very tight. But it's clearly turned and is slowing. The one thing that came out this week, which was a little alarming, is KPMG do a survey of Australian business leaders, and that that showed that seventy eight percent of CEOs plan to impose a hiring freeze on new staff in twenty twenty three. Oh. yeah. So that's that's four and five. So that's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so what's massive. driving that? Is is that 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 just costs uh, getting costs down because money's expensive now or what? i think that's part probably part of the story i think it's all large largely due for, for the economic outlook that they're seeing mm. 2023 sl- the economy slowing perhaps we're looking at a global recession definitely a diff- different market than we're in right now things right. are slowing quickly I mean, yeah, and that's on the back of you know to the rba's rate hikes 250 basis points that's having an impact so things things are definitely slowing Mm. yeah so they're saying 64 percent of them think they're considering they're considering laying off employees due to the economic outlook
0: 6four so, percent
1: yeah, well, yeah we've, that's what I
0: geez, <laughs> we've jumped pretty quick from hiring freeze to <laughs> <laughs> the now we're laying people off at
1: 64 percent yeah well, I think they happen at the same time you obviously right you you're not hiring as at the same time as you're firing people
0: yeah I, yeah I, well yeah but when you before when you said that mm. the four in five CEOs are going to put on a hiring freeze. You didn't also mm. mean you failed to mention that they were also planning <laughs> on sacking a bunch of people as well. Yeah. Should, yeah, we, yeah. Should, should we be worried about this? Is this is this
1: cause for concern? Uh, the, the business survey data is not as reliable as the job ads data. Right. There's a lot of sentiment there. So they're saying like we think we might hi- freeze hiring in 2023, mm. but we might get there in f- four months and be like, ah, oh, shit, things aren't as bad as we thought. And yeah, right. we're, we're not going to do it. So, so it's, it's more of a, it says more about where business sentiment is rather than the jobs market, but it's definitely not a good sign for the, for the jobs market, unless mm. you're the RBA, which you think it's probably going to push the unemployment rate higher, which is a win. Yeah, so, right. So yeah. if that's
0: the case, if I'm, mean, if that plays out and people start or companies mm. start laying people off. Hmm. Is that a sign that the RBA went too far? Like is that when we'll know, <laughs> when we'll all sit back and go, ah, yes, was too many rate rises?
1: Uh, yeah, potentially. I mean, I think it's probably inevitable. I mean, the, the current unemployment rate, 3.5% lower since 1974, that's mm. not sustainable. Like I don't think we can hold the unemployment rate at that kind of level without yeah. overheating the economy a bit. So it's probably inevitable that we're going to the unemployment rate is going to push back towards four and a half percent. That's what everyone seems to think. Kind of, it's how quickly we get there is probably the question.
0: Do we have a target for unemployment? Like, do we ha- like in the way that we have an inflation target of two to three percent?
1: Is there a target for an unemployment band or something? It's in the RBA's mandate mm. to to target full imp- what they call full employment. Mm. But full employment doesn't have a clear definition. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are these the same people that put the rail proposal together? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a mandate. We must have full employment. What's full employment? I'm not sure. Not sure. We don't know. Yeah, yeah, We'll know it when we get there.
1: Because you because you always have some unemployment in the system because people hmm. are changing jobs and businesses close and open and people move around so you never you, you don't want to you're not targeting zero percent unemployment that's not yeah. realistic or, or desirable so some level of unemployment is appropriate in a in a dynamic labour market right. but what level it is is unknown you know it's right. not clear so we, we tend to more talk about in economics, the non-inflation accelerating rate of unemployment. So the unemployment rate where inflation isn't accelerating, where it's right. kind, of a, kind of a steady state, and that's what we go for. But we don't know what that is either.
0: Because it seems pretty it seems pretty bad that... Like I feel like we've got full employment at the moment, right? Everyone's... Mm. You know, most people who want a job can have a job
1: or get one. It feels like, you know, people, if, if, if they want to work, are able to at the moment. I, through the 2010s, I would have said... F- Full employment was somewhere around five percent, four and a half mm. to five. I, I, di- I didn't ever think in my lifetime I would see three and a half percent unemployment in Australia. I just, you know, it just hasn't you and been
0: me in- both, Thomas. <laughs> yes. I remember when we were kids growing up, <laughs> and Dad used to talk about. Unemployment, we'd say, surely
1: we'll never see three and a half percent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or just, it just felt like the the, the jobs market had changed fundamentally mm. from the '70s, and we, we're never going back there. You know, it's, it's fifty years since it's since it's been this low. Jeez. So yes, yeah, so I don't. I think it's yeah. I think it's probably is probably going to go higher, and mm. I think we're probably tighter than full employment right now. Right. But the key question here is really like, has the the RBA is, you know, 250 basis points in six months. That's super aggressive. It's the most aggressive hiking cycle of all the central banks in all the world mm. in terms of, like, speed. RBNZ has gone further, but not as quickly. So it's taken RBNZ longer to get where they are.
0: The US is going... Are we quicker than the US? The US is going at like 75 points at a time.
1: Yeah, they have gone more, but it it has less impact because the US has um, their mortgage markets works at um, fixed rate, 30-year fixed rates. Right. Because not everyone's on variable mortgages. So when rates go higher in Australia, it, it, it impacts the economy much more broadly because everyone with a mortgage gets impacted oh. by it. In, a, in the US, it's only people getting a new mortgage who get impacted by it. Right. So pound for pound, basis point for basis point, Australia has, it has, it has more impact. Yeah right. Yeah, but I like what Gareth, um, Gareth Aird from CBA says. He's saying that the the aggressive monetary tiding we've seen is like having five shots of vodka in an hour and saying everything is okay, but you know that it will soon have a big effect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but I look forward to that effect. <laughs> That's a terrible analogy. <laughs> it's party time, baby. <laughs> Uh, All right, why don't we pause here? We'll grab a quick uh, word from this week's sponsors and be back with more Comedian versus Economist right after this.
1: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustolium's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science. With beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
0: Welcome back. You're on Comedian versus Economist. You will find us lurking, not lurking, in, just taking part in the Equity Mates community, community community.equitymates.com. Head over there for lots of good chatter. Uh, But you can, of course, send us an email, cve at equitymates.com, or via the website, equitymates.com forward slash. CVE, but Thomas, we're looking at the energy market in Victoria, and the Victorian government is
1: shaking up the energy market. Mm. What did we learn? What are they up to? Big announcement, um, yeah, and quite quite groundbreaking. So the context here is the state elections coming up next month, mm. um, and the Andrews government's announced new emissions reduction targets. So they're now going for seventy-five and eighty percent by twenty thirty-five. Uh, com- that compares with 50% by 2030. So right. that's, that's much more aggressive. Okay. And it brings forward its net zero target by five years to 2045. Oh, that's good. So the, so the 2035 targets are bringing that forward or ramping up how ambitious they are by 2035. People are saying that's a coal killer. So that means the end of coal in Victoria, coal-fired right. power. Mm-hmm. So and that's that's not going to be viable with that kind of target. It was sort of on the way out anyway, but that, that really, that's really going to bring that forward. But the, other, the other really interesting thing they're doing is they're reviving the State Electricity Commission, the SEC. Yeah. So this was a government or, government electricity organisation uh, that existed, was set up like 100 years ago by John Monash or something, like 115 years ago, but then got privatised during the Kennett government. So, but they're bringing that back. Basically, they get, and this, not super clear on the details, but it could be a retailer, it could be an asset owner, so it could own generation assets mm. could, and they could then retail them. Um, it could own those assets in partnership with super funds. So Dan Andrews is saying, we've already taken soundings um, and to say that industry super are excited is an understatement. They are very, <laughs> very keen.
0: <laughs> they were high-fiving. Yeah. There, was, there was back-slapping going on. <laughs> there was people cheersing it was going off it <laughs> right. they're
1: starting funding that with a billion dollars um, to develop their own renewable energy assets uh, looks like with a focus on wind assets right yeah.
0: hot air um, <laughs> how was the, how's the, the plan been received is it are people so
1: industry super oh. excited industry I mean I think pretty what about much everyone else Yeah, pretty much the response is pretty positive, actually. I mean, it's it's interesting in the sense that it's a a big reversal in the sort of the the privatization agenda that was like characterized the last 30 years. Mm. So there was this big push to just to get government out of everything, to sell everything and not get involved in, in provision of services or yeah (laughs) all things governments should really be involved in (laughs) but that that was that was the idea and even for something so essential like electricity that was Mm. the idea and that's why all the you know retailers and assets were sold but there's a tidal shift now and they're reversing course and and Mm. quite unashamedly so andrews is saying these assets should never have been sold no one has won out from that except shareholders and private companies who are about profit that's their job this is not a Mm. business it's essential so that's good. Yeah. I mean, it's good yeah. to
0: see that, you know, like eventually that, that, that a government could go, you know what, this was a bad idea. You know, like a, yeah. a, you, you, there's a tendency, I think, for governments to just keep throwing good money after bads to save face. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless yeah. it was the other government that did it, <laughs> unless it was the in
1: which case, yeah. then you can shut it down straight away. Yeah, yeah. Then there's a rorts and waste drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To my reading, the jury is in on this. Like mm. privatization, particularly of essential services, hasn't worked. It hasn't delivered better outcomes, mm. and has ended up funding funneling money off to, to private interests. Uh, yeah. And well, we talked about great. Transurban on the show. Before yeah, and yeah. Yeah. That's you know like, the sort yeah. of. But even but even the A Triple C, which was one of the uh, has I think Rod Sims I think was coming out saying just, it just hasn't worked. It just hasn't been. It just hasn't delivered value for money. Right. This is an interesting case. So one that we're we're, we're turning the tide on that. We're moving away from privatization. The the AFR was calling it nationalisation, which is is a strong word. Mm. Um, but it's you know it's not too far from the truth. That's sort of what what's happening. I mean they're not no. I mean nationalisation. You take a private company and buy it and make it make it a, a public own, like a. Um, state-owned company that's Mm. not what's happening they're just creating a new agency but yeah that's sort of the idea they're getting heavily involved in the market right seeing that they so will this be a trend
0: are we going to do this like we're doing it with with energy are we going to see the government start buying up all sorts of private companies oh i
1: don't think so are we we heading towards like communism kind of Uh, I don't think so. Some people will have you believe that, but I I don't, I don't I don't think it's going that way. I don't think I don't I think I think we'll see the tide turn on essential services mm. like energy. I don't think you know I think where before it started I think there maybe were the government was in things where it maybe shouldn't have been. And I think mm. maybe you know maybe Australia Post is probably a, 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 an example of where it hasn't worked badly. Like it's done, done a reasonable job. I mean, I think what, what states are seeing is they want to deliver these targets. They want to hit these re, uh, renewable energy targets and emissions targets. Um, and the national, the federal settings just aren't doing it. The market isn't doing it. And so they're having to go it alone and, and make it happen. And mm. that's much easier to make happen when you own the infrastructure and you can directly engage in the market. Mm. The only group that I've seen who's, who are not loving it is mm. the the energy Uh, generators and retailers so Sarah McNamara who's the CEO of the Australian Energy Council which represents this is sort of the peak body for retailers and generators saying it's a retrograde step um publicly listed companies have already written off 11.5 billion dollars of shareholder value uh this announcement has the potential to further punish shareholders governments shouldn't need to make direct energy investments where private sector has demonstrated is ready and willing to do so Mm. that's not it's not in, in not an entirely bad point because like i think the real problem here is that the federal settings haven't given enough certainty to sort of drive this and without that structure and certainty in place then the market just hasn't hasn't reacted and the state governments are going like okay if the federal, federal government's not sorting this out we need to step in and get involved and that's all that's all mm. where it's at
0: man i'm so easily swayed by words like <laughs> like i was all <laughs> i was all on board like the the nationalization of of energy <laughs> but then she she had some good words and a good kind word. of made some good points. So yeah. <laughs> now I don't know who to trust uh, and I'm a voter.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, finally, for anyone who caught our session at FinFest, which was uh, investing for 2050 uh, and we crowned, in fact, an investor of the future, congratulations to Vahari Ross from Magellan for taking home that award. Uh, sweet little trophy, in fact. Uh, but, Thomas, this headline, this, this story here, seems straight out of our made-up BuzzFeed headlines that we had for that, uh, for that session. Mm. What is going on?
1: Yeah, so basically researchers have found that space ads, mm. um, which is where you have floating ads in space, are mm. uh, not only possible today, but are, are all already economically viable. This is tragic news. It's terrible. Yeah, this is a horrifying prospect. This is <laughs> terrible. terrible. Look,
0: there's the Big Dipper, the Southern Cross, and over there you can see the Golden Arches. I thought we were trying to clean up space junk. <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now
0: we've invented
1: space junk email. Yeah, I think it's about monetizing space junk now. Yeah, but now yeah, I mean it's, it's not entirely as bad as it seems. So it's a crew publishing in the journal Aerospace mm. from Skoltech and Moscow Institute of Physics and Technology lead author, Shamil Biktimirov. This time we looked at the economic side of things and as unrealistic as it may seem, we showed that space advertising based on 50 or more satellites flying in formation <laughs> could be economically viable.
0: Uh, no. Uh,
1: but the, 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 the idea is that you have these uh, solar sails, so mm. these 32 square metres, so like a five-by-six-metre sail, mm. up in the sky reflecting sunlight back at the Earth,
0: oh, reflecting heat back at the Earth.
1: Good, no, no, just sunlight. sunlight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> We've just spent ten minutes talking about <laughs> Victorian <laughs> governments' plan to tackle climate change, and global warming, and we're going to fire up some satellites and reflect this more sun back to the Earth <laughs> when we, <laughs> after it's gone down.
1: Yeah, so you you get like a, a bunch of those, and they create a pixel. I think they're like 50 or more, sort of like right. So you get they, like the pixels in
0: your TV. We get so when you yeah. the pixels arranged
1: to make the picture. Yeah, yeah. In your there's only 50, so it's not like I don't know how yeah, many. Yeah, enough to make words. A, probably a logo. You get a logo or something.
0: Yeah. yeah, maybe not a logo, but maybe like a couple of words. It's a bit like yeah. trying to type words on a calculator. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> someone just like, oh, we're going to write boobies in the sky." <laughs>
1: As a pilot, <laughs> uh, crowning moment of human civilization. <laughs> so it's not a neon sign. That's what I imagine mm. when I when I read the headlines. Floating floating neon signs. It's not going to be that yet. That's mm. that's in the distant dystopian future. Uh, but yeah, so it's reflecting sunlight. So it's a bit like when you can see a satellite at night. So it's only going to be at sunset and sunrise. So when it's <laughs> dark enough to see, but you can still pick the sun from space.
0: It's perfect. No, <laughs> nobody likes to look at the sky during sunset. <laughs>
1: <they>? <laughs> it's pond like pond, a romantic
0: <laughs> stroll along the beach. <laughs> Looking over the ocean and sharing the joy of discovering you can save ten percent on car insurance. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. this, this could confuse your religious types, though, as they as they look to the heavens for a sign. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, God said I didn't have to eat my vegetables if I didn't want to. Instead, He gave me an Uber Eats discount code. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, this is uh, this is a disappointing. This is a disappointing development.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I mean, I, th- I think it's an interesting one. Like, I think initially, until we get like s- saturated with it, I think mm. the first companies to do it will cop a lot of hatred. Mm. You know? Oh, like, absolutely. To, to Pollute the night sky. Like you think about a billboard on a highway or a building, you're kind of covering up something that's already kind of ugly. Mm. If you're covering up the the nights, the bedazzled night sky. <laughs> <laughs> It's something you, people are gonna get upset about.
0: Do you remember when they advertised the horse race on the Opera House? <laughs> they projected oh. the it was for the Everest, I think.
1: Oh, they yeah, projected right. some
0: advertising for the Everest onto the Sydney Opera House. Ah oh, yeah. Didn't go down well. I don't people mm. weren't people weren't keen on mm. on a national icon <laughs> <laughs> being used to advertise a horse race. I think it was a horse race. There was some advertising that was done on the on the Opera House.
1: Yeah. Right yeah, something like that. Yeah, I remember that. Mm. Yeah. But I mean the other interesting thing is who owns space? Like once you're in far space, like Yeah, you know, can we can we set up a CubeSat network over New Zealand just with like you suck?
0: <laughs> 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 just international sledging going on through fifty pixels at a time. <laughs> you're a boob. <laughs> what? <laughs> Australia's drunk again. <laughs> uh. uh all right. <laughs> I reckon that might that 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 should definitely do us for this week. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, thank you if you could, if you did come and say hi at Finfest. We had a, we had a blast over there. Um, really did did appreciate um, people coming up and saying good day and and having photos and generally just showing an interest in the show because um, yeah, it does make a huge difference for us and keeps us wanting to do more. So uh, so thank you very much. Uh, rate the show, leave a review wherever you get your podcast. That that it helps out enormously. You can, of course, send us an email, cve at equitymates.com. That's it for us. For now, for this week, we will chat to you again next time.
1: You have been listening to an Equity Mates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Mates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.